Amen. I hope you have had a good day, good week. I I absolutely love prayer. I'll tell you a true story. It happened to me this morning, or actually last night. I woke up about eleven thirty, but it, at the time I thought it said four o'clock. I said four. I jumped up out of bed. I had to go to the restroom. I said, man, it's four o'clock already. I feel like I, I just went to bed. I said, four o'clock. I went to the restroom and I come back and I looked at the clock again. He said, 1130. I said, goody old devil. <laughs> My Lord done reversed the time. <laughs> I went back to bed and said, thank you for answering prayer. Now, I don't know if he really did that. But I felt good. <laughs> I know I seen it one time. It said 11 or 4 o'clock. But it might have just been me without glasses. Hey, guys, if you want to turn your, your Bibles to uh, Genesis, we're going to be in Genesis uh, about all morning. We're going to be talking today. We're still in uh, how, to, how God turns setbacks into comebacks. And today we're going to talk about um, when others keep setting you back, when other people keep setting you back. We're going to look at, at Joseph and not Mary's Joseph. We're going to look at Joseph, the son of uh, Jacob. And uh, his life was very important. There were 14 chapters, I believe it was, written about him uh, in the Old Testament in Genesis there. And uh, we can look at how he handled a lot of setbacks. Um, I believe, I believe it will encourage you. That's my heart today is that it will encourage you, and I, I believe it will, this coming week of how God took him from the pits uh, to the palace. Uh, he became the second most powerful man um, in the world, really, uh, that day. And it's a comeback story. He, it started off as just a scared little kid, and, and he has a series of about, seven major setbacks and 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 God used every one of them uh, uh, for a spectacular uh, comeback and uh, Joseph actually winds up saving two nations Israel and, and Egypt from a famine or starvation however you want to want to call that and so today is if you think about this when when other people keep setting you back and uh we all, uh, we all like a comeback story, don't we? It has sort of a, a sweetness uh, to it. But, um, but it has to have a setback to have a comeback. And, and setbacks are a, are a part of life. They just, they're just going to happen. There's all kind of uh, different ones, is that some, uh, different ways. And, and I think some of the part that we can't we have a hard time with on these setbacks is is we can't see what God can see I like to think of God sometimes as when he looks at looks at us he sees a, a parade he, he sees the beginning and the middle and the end all in one glimpse we can't see uh, the end we can't see what he does but God sees the whole picture and he knows the end of the story we don't and uh 
But setbacks, I think God wants to tell us through this story of Joseph, is that setbacks are the stepping stones to our goal. Um, Joseph had known um, from, from time he was a, a, a little boy that God was going to do great things uh, in, in his life. And, uh, but we're going to see where God used these setbacks as stepping stones to do that. And, and they can do it in our life if we trust God and if we respond correctly. Amen? So we've got we to learn to do that. Um, stepping stones. Uh, uh, I want you to have that in your mind. If you want to write that down, that, that these setbacks can be, be stepping stones and uh, a place where God wants to take you to uh, or a pathway, a pathway, so to speak. And, uh, but let me give you some background. Jacob, uh, we know, have had at least 12 sons from uh, uh, four different uh, women. Um, they were all a little mixed up. I believe the term nowadays is blended. You're talking about a blended family, four different women. And he had at least one sister, uh, Dinah, uh, maybe even more. But Joseph was the second of the youngest uh, uh, brothers. He was smart. He was he was good looking. He was talented. He was a he was a dreamer, and he was the favorite child of his parents. And I realized as I just said that I described me. <laughs> I never thought about that until just now, and. Uh, he was, and also he was hated by his siblings because he was all of that. And so this actually brings us to the first setback in, in Joseph's life. And, and, uh, and we're going to go through seven of them real quick. You think it's going to take long, but it's not. It's, not. it's going to seven setbacks real quick. And, and I want you to see how many of these that you identify with. It may be one, it may be two, or three, it may be all seven. I, I hope you're not going through all seven right now. But it, it may be a couple of them anyway. And, and um, just try to think of them as stepping stones today that somebody else wanted to use for bad, but God can use them for good. Amen. He can use them for good. First setback is this that Joseph experienced is, is when he was growing up in a home where he was Ignored and mistreated by his siblings. Ignored and mistreated by his siblings. Look at verses 3 and 5 in chapter 37. Now Jacob loved Joseph more than all of his other children because Joseph had been born in Jacob's old age. So one day Jacob gave Joseph a special ornamented robe. That's the coat of many colors that you guys hear a lot of. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father loved him more than he loved them, they hated Joseph. And they would not even speak to him or acknowledge him. And when Joseph told his 11 brothers about a great dream from God, they hated him even more. The dream was that they would serve him. That he would rise to, to, to greatness. So they were, he was ignored and mistreated by his siblings. Some of you guys grew up in a home like this. That you may have been ignored. Or you may have been, you know, mistreated by your siblings. You know, you maybe are, are a, a parent didn't like you. You were on the other end. 
you had one of the parents didn't like you. And, and, or you maybe even had a parent that was absent. You maybe even had a, a parent that was, was an alcoholic. Your home life just wasn't that happy. And maybe growing up in school, you, you kind of felt inferior to everyone else. Because home wasn't because home wasn't that happy because you were filled with pain. Maybe God wants to use that in your life. That pain that you existed, that pain that, that happened in your life growing up, God just may want to use that in your adult life. Maybe the pain was used to shape you in a good way. Just, just maybe. So that you could be actually sensitive to other people. Just maybe. Because here's what I know. God never wastes a hurt. This is the first setback that nobody liked him. You may have been one of those kids that nobody liked you. Or maybe even that dad liked you too much. Dad liked you too much. You were spoiled. Second setback is this. Being tossed into the pit of rejection. Joseph was tossed in a pit of of rejection. I mean, Joseph's relationships with his brothers went from bad to worse. Look at this next verse, 18, 20. One day when Joseph's brothers were out in the fields, they saw Joseph coming uh, toward them from a distance, and they made plans to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they exclaimed. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into a deep pit. We can tell our father that a wild animal attacked and ate him. Then we'll see what becomes of all his great dreams. That's brutal. I mean, they just see him coming and say, hey, let's kill him and, and throw him in a pit. Here's the plan. We'll tell dad that wild animals ate him. Let's look at the next verse. Then Reuben, he was the oldest. He said, let's not kill him. Let's just throw him into this pit in the wilderness. That way we won't shed any blood. He said, hey, we won't kill him. We'll let something else kill him. He said this secretly planning to save Joseph. You see, he had it on his mind. He said, hey, guys, let's let something else kill him. But then he was saying to save Joseph and send him back to his father. One person with some sense in the whole family so when joseph arrived his brother stripped him of his favorite robe and then tossed him into the pit which was a dry well and without any water in it these brothers were just gonna let him die of thirst now this is a setback wouldn't you agree to be thrown into a, a well with no water and here's what else guys you think about this. His brothers hated him. 
one of the most painful, pitiful experiences in life is being rejected. It's being rejected. It is painful to be rejected. And every one of us have experienced some sort of of rejection in some ways. But this is pretty radical. Most of his brothers all but one wanted to kill him. Wanted to kill him. And leave him in this pit to die slowly. But you, me, we were probably rejected by someone. Where someone was supposed to love you. But they did. Maybe you were just tossed aside some way. Maybe someone has turned their back on you. And they threw you in this pit of rejection. And just walked away. Guys, I want to tell you, that's a setback. That's a setback. It's painful. Rejection is painful. And, and as your pastor... I want to tell you, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that you're having to to go through that. When this happened to Joseph, he was only 17. It's traumatic. Maybe it happened to you too. You're somewhat thrown in a pit of rejection. Let's look at the third setback that Joseph went through. Right down, being sold out for money. Being sold out for money. Some of you had this happen at work. At your job. Let's read the verse 26 through 28. After they threw Joseph into the pit, the brothers sat down to eat dinner. But they saw a caravan of traders passing by, headed to Egypt with camels that were loaded down with spices, balm, and myrrh. Then Judah said to his brothers, You know, we won't gain anything if we just let our brother die in this pit. Well, first of all, can you imagine? Throw your brother in the pit and say, Hey, let's sit down and eat by the pit. And we'll all share in this this murder cover-up. We won't gain anything from this. So why don't we do this? Let's sell off our brother to these traders. All the brothers thought that was a good idea. So they sold Joseph for 20 shekels to the traders who took him to Egypt. Let me just throw this in here to you. They hated him so bad they sold him to Trinity for 20 shekels. Why is that important? The going rate was 30. They sold him for less. The going rate was 30 shekels. And they sold him less than for what a slave was normally sold for. He said, why don't we make some money on this? All the brothers said, yeah, why don't we make some money? Now remember Judas didn't, I mean not Judas, but Reuben didn't want to do this. You know what this tells me is this? The majority is in the wrong. 
Right is right. And, and wrong is wrong. Morality is not determined by the majority. Morality is not determined by the majority. In the business world, we're sold out all the time. It happens all the time. Partners sell out. Partners cheat on you. Bosses sell out. Employees, you know, sell out. They cheat. Bosses cheat. Employees use, and bosses use resources in the company. We sell out for money. Owners sell out the cop company to make a profit. Relationships. We use people to make a buck. We just use people to make a buck. And if we can't make a buck, we discard them. I've told you before. If you love money, you'll use people. If you love people, you'll use money. If you don't believe me that about using people and loving money, just be around uh, when someone dies. The brothers have the wrong motive for doing what they're doing. The motive is money. And the consequences are going to hurt for Joseph. They're going to alter him uh, the, the rest of his life. But in spite of the wrong they did, God fit it into a plan for good. And this setback of slavery becomes a stepping stone to Joseph's future for his glory and his greatness. Fourth setback is this. Losing your identity. Losing your identity. Joseph was being sold into slavery and he would actually go into a to another country and this will erase his identity because back home they think he's dead and, and they're mourning him look at 31 35 then the brothers took joseph's robe slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in the blood then they took the robe back to their father and said we found this coat does it belong to your son they didn't even have the decency to say to our brother Jacob recognized it and cried out, yes, some wild animal must have killed Joseph and torn him to pieces. And then Jacob sobbed for a long time. Everyone tried to comfort him, but he said, I'll grieve this loss until the day I die. Some of you may have had this setback. Your identity's been stolen and you're still grieving. You lost your identity when the divorce happened. Or maybe you lost your identity when you lost your job. Or you lost your identity when you lost your business. Or, or you lost your identity from whatever you found your identity in. It may have been a title. It may have been a position in the community. And you're grieving. 
you lost something that you found your identity in. Something was taken from you, and you're never going to get it back. I want to tell you, I'm sorry as your pastor. That's a huge, big setback. But the setback doesn't have to be the end of the story. It doesn't have to be the end. As we read on, Joseph's, Joseph's going to be given a new identity, an even better one. Look at the fifth setback that Joseph encountered. Being forced to take a job that you don't want. Being forced to take a job that you don't want. Lots of you know this. Sometimes you have to settle for less or less than the best and take a job that you don't want. I mean, Joseph went from a pampered son to a slave. I mean, do you think that he wanted that to do that doing work that he never expected to do? Look at verse 36. Meanwhile in Egypt, the traders sold Joseph to be a slave of Potiphar, a man who was an officer of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Some of you may be in a job that you don't want to do. You don't like. Some of you are wishing that you were somewhere else. You feel sort of demeaning in the job that you're doing right now. And it feels like, like a setback. But what I noticed from Joseph, wherever he went and whatever he did, he did the best he could with whatever he had with God. He did the best he could. He served with a whole heart, trying to honor God with, with, with good work, trying to honor God with good character. Joseph, Joseph took demeaning work as a slave and gave it meaning. Where whatever he did, Well, how did he do that? Joseph did it for God. He did it for God. He didn't do it for, for humans. And his excellent work stood out, and Joseph started getting promoted. As a slave, he started getting promoted. Well, Potiphar, his boss, she had, his boss's wife had other plans, which leads us to yet another setback. The sixth setback is this, being punished for doing the right thing. Have you ever guys felt like you're being punished for doing the right thing? It happens. One of Joseph's, Joseph's setbacks is being punished for doing the right thing. Some of you guys have had this happen to you. Joseph, at this moment, is being falsely accused of rape. Now, Joseph was well-built and very handsome. After a while, his master's wife took notice and began to lust for him. She begged, come to bed with me. But Joseph refused, saying, how could I do such an evil thing and sin against God, my master? And though she tempted Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be alone with her. But one day when Joseph was working inside the house, none of the household servants were inside. So Potiphar's wife came up behind him and grabbed Joseph by his tunic, demanding, sleep with me right now. 
But Joseph resisted. He wriggled out of his tunic and ran outside. When she saw that she still had his tunic in her hands, she made up this story for other servants. Look, the Hebrew slave tried to assault me, but I screamed. So he ran out of the house, but he left his tunic here. When her husband came home, she gave him the same story. Potiphar burned with anger. And when he heard his wife's accusations, he arrested Joseph on the spot and dragged him off and threw him into king's prison. Joseph has done nothing wrong. He has served his master with integrity. He's done the right thing. And now he's thrown into prison. One setback after another. None of them are his fault. Maybe you have a relationship that's been set back. And it's not your fault. Maybe you're in a business. You've got this setback. It's not your fault. What do you do? We're going to talk about that. Last setback is this, number seven. Being forgotten by people you helped. This is Joseph's seventh setback. I bet some of you have been forgotten by people you helped. He starts serving God. Joseph, while he's in prison, he starts serving God by serving other people with integrity, with humility, with honor. And when he did that, he was promoted to the number one prisoner in prison. Joseph's even getting promotions in prison by serving God for, with, with humility. And while he's there, he meets a couple of folks that were uh, from Pharaoh's court who they've been thrown into prison. The Bible says a wine steward and a baker. And, and, and Joseph interprets a couple of dreams for them. And he gets to know these two guys. Look at 14 and 15 and 23. Joseph said to the king's wine steward, when you're freed from prison and restored to your position with Pharaoh, please show me kindness and remember to mention me to the king so I too can get out of this prison. I was forcibly kidnapped from my homeland, and now I'm stuck in this prison, even though I've done nothing to deserve this. But the wine steward never gave Joseph another thought. He forgot all about him. He forgot all about him. That's the kicker. There's some people that you've helped in life. And when you needed help, they didn't help you. One setback after another. I'm sure you've identified with at least one of these seven. I saw some of you even nod. At least one of them, maybe two of them. I think most of them would made would make most of us give up and forget our purpose and forget our dreams of a great business, of a great relationship, of a great and strong marriage. Most of these, would, most of these setbacks would cause us just to throw in the towel. But Joseph did not give up on his dream. God had told him that he would do great things in his life. And he just kept on keeping on. So what made Joseph so resilient? What made him so resilient? There's three things that he did that you and I need to do. No matter what life throws at you. No matter what life throws at you. 
He keeps going. Number one, let's go real quick. He depended on God's presence no matter where he was. He depended on God's presence no matter where he was. There's a phrase used throughout this story uh, five times. And, 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 and guys, I want to tell you, if something is used five times, you and me, we better pay attention. We better pay attention to it. Uh, the, the, the phrase is this, the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph five times. You know, n no matter what, no matter what setback it was, says the Lord was with Joseph. He's with him in the pit. Look at Acts 7, 9. Jacob's sons became jealous of their brother Joseph, and they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. But the Lord was with Joseph and brought him safely through all his trouble. Guys, he wasn't spared. He wasn't spared of his troubles, but he was safely brought through. Safely. Joseph had to go through these setbacks in order that he would have this big, spectacular comeback. But what I want you to get out of there is God brought him safely through. I don't know what you're going through right now, but I do know that you're going to go through it. You're going to go through it. And I do know this. God is with you in the pit. He's with you. 39, 1 and 2 says, Now when the slave traders arrived in Egypt, they sold Joseph to a man named Potiphar, who was one of Pharaoh's officials and captain of the palace guard. The Lord was with Joseph. So he became a successful man. He lived and served in the home of his Egyptian master. I love the fact that he could have been sold to anybody. But God had engineered this. This is the head of the palace guard. Joseph ain't living in no shack. This is a palace. The success. He became successful as a slave because the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. God was with Joseph at Potiphar's. Three and five. Potiphar realized that the Lord was with Joseph. And that the Lord was making him successful in everything that he did. So Potiphar was very happy with Joseph's work. And he hired him to be his personal aide. He put Joseph in charge of everything in his home. And trusting him with everything he owned. Listen to this right here. This is important. Then God blessed everyone working in Potiphar's household because of Joseph, and God blessed everything that belonged to Potiphar too. That's important, I want you to know something. Potiphar was a non-believer, but he realized there was something different about Joseph. He realized that the Lord was with him, and he wanted Joseph to be on his team. On his team. There's something different about this man. And he became blessed too. So here's my question that I want you. I want you to answer this week. Is God blessing everybody at your work because of you? Is God blessing everybody at your work? Because of you. 
two of my best friends have grown high and grown has gone up in the ladder in a family-owned business where they're not part of the family of them because they are men of integrity. They're in charge of another family's business. And they are blessing everyone at their work. Are you blessing everyone at your job, no matter what the position is? Potiphar wasn't even a believer, and he got blessed because he had a believer working for him. He got blessed because he had a man of integrity that he knew that the Lord was with him. He knew. Guys, that's important. I want you to answer that question to yourself this week. Next, God was with Joseph when he was falsely accused in prison. Look at 20 and 22. Joseph was thrown into the prison where all the king's prisoners were held. But even there, the Lord was with Joseph. And God caused the prison warden to like Joseph. Before long, the jailer put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. Joseph was even promoted in prison. Look at 23. The jailer did not have to worry about anything for which Joseph was responsible because the Lord was with Joseph. And whatever he did was blessed. God made him what? Succeed in everything that he did. I want to tell you, if you're a businessman or if you're a businesswoman, you need to study these five verses this week. You need to study them. You, you need to, 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 to look at them. He says, because the Lord was with his employee. No time was God absent in Joseph's life. Even in the setbacks, even in the comebacks, God was not absent from Joseph's life. It can be and will be and should be true of you too. It's true that God has never abandoned you. He's never left you. He has been with you all the time. Even when you didn't feel his presence. Even when you were worried. Even when you were fearful, God was there. Even when you were exhausted, God was there. Even when you were depressed, God was there. I'm going to tell you something about setbacks. Setbacks cannot keep God back from you. He cannot keep God back from you. You and me, we got to tune into his presence. When you can't feel it, rely on him anyway. Trust and know that you're not alone, that God is with you. Number two. He depended on God's plan and promise no matter how long it took. I'm going to get a drink of water while y'all write that down. Is it up there on the screen? Go ahead. That opened easy. Did anybody drink out of this? It didn't have that snap. Now I worry the rest of the evening. He depended on God's plan and promise no matter how long it took. God had given Joseph a dream when he was a young man, and he never forgot that dream. Only Pharaoh 
at the end of this story had more, more power than him. And he's not even an Egyptian. He saves the country and the surrounding areas when this, this famine hits because he's so smart. His brothers actually had to come uh, from Israel to Egypt just to get grain. They were hungry. They don't even recognize Joseph. It, it's been so long. You know, they, don't even, they probably didn't even think that he was alive. And uh, Joseph gets to confront his brothers. Look at uh, 19 and 20 down at the bottom. Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. You can imagine that's what they've done to him. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives instead of bad. God intended it for good. All those setbacks, guys, ladies, all those setbacks that, that you had, I know people intended to hurt you. I know people intended it for bad. But God turns it for good. I know it's hurt. I know it's painful. But God, God intended for good. I want you to know that it's not a, set, it's not a setback, but a stepping stone. It's a, set, it's, it's a stepping stone for you to be where God wants you to be. I want you to think on that. Wherever you, you've been set back in any of these seven, because people call setbacks to you, people hurt you. Think of it as a stepping stone to get a pathway to get for God to get where he needs you to be. He has a purpose and plan. And he'll use those things that people tried to hurt you with. Number three, uh, Joseph, he, he depended on God's help in every challenge. You know, every setback has a new challenge, I found out. Every one of them has a new challenge. He, but I, I noticed even in prison, even in slavery, he depended on God uh, to help him with really a new ability. And, 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 and he did. God never let him down. Uh, what happened here was Pharaoh had a dream. And uh, he couldn't interpret it. And, uh, and finally, the wine steward remembered. When Pharaoh was getting tore up from the floor up, got, nobody could tell him what the dream was. Wine steward said, hey, yeah, I remember this guy when, when, when I was in prison. And uh, he knew how to interpret dreams. And, and so Pharaoh said, well, go get him. The king said to him, I've had a dream. He's talking to Joseph, and no one can explain it. I have been told that you can interpret dreams. Joseph answered the king, I'm not able to do this, but God can. I can't explain the meaning of dreams, but God will do this for the king. Already giving God the glory, you know, you know straight, out, straight out of prison. So he explained the dream, and the king was so impressed that ultimately he was promoted to second in command, answering only uh, to Pharaoh. Guys, this is the greatest comeback of all time. He went from the pits, almost dead, to the second in charge. As they discussed who should be appointed for the job, Pharaoh said, who could do it better than Joseph? For he is a man who is obviously filled with the Spirit of God. I pray that my children can say, my dad is filled with the Spirit of God. Then King said to Joseph, it is obviously that you have greater wisdom and insight than anyone else. So I'm putting you in charge of my country, and all my people will obey your orders. Your authority will be secondly only to mine. 
I now appoint you governor over all Egypt. The king removed from his finger the ring engraved with the royal seal and put it on Joseph's finger. He put a fine linen robe on him and placed a gold chain around his neck. And the king said to him, I am the king. And I say that no one in all Egypt shall so much as lift a hand or a foot without your permission. Without your permission. Guess what? I want people to say that about you. As your pastor, I want people to say, those people of North Point are, are, are obviously filled with the Spirit of God. I want people to see you shopping in the food line or, or, or eating at, at, at restaurants in Cartersville and Calhoun. And I want them to say, they're obviously filled with the Spirit of God. I want them to see you out cutting your grass. I want them to see you at school interacting with the teachers and say those folks are filled with the Spirit of God. Obviously, they are filled with the Spirit of God. I want you to move from, from the pits to power. I want you to have a comeback. Whatever setback that you're in. Well, you may say, well, Jim, I done messed up. I was at school Friday showing my tail. Or I just, just fussed out a waitress at Waffle House this morning. It ain't too late. It ain't too late to be different. It ain't too late to start yielding to the Spirit to direct you. It ain't too late. My prayer is that everyone here be filled with the Holy Spirit and we start to conduct our lives so that other people would see it. I got some questions that I, wanna, I want you to think about. I, I, I didn't put these on the screen and I apologize, but this, will you depend on God's presence no matter where you are? Whether you're in a pit or whether you're in a palace, will you depend on his presence? Question number two is, will you depend on God's plan or promise? No matter how long it takes. No matter how long it takes. And, and kind of a question number B to that is, will you see the setbacks as stepping stones? Wherever you're at, any of these setbacks that you're going through, will you look at them as stepping stones? Ending up at a place where God wants to bring you to be. The third thing is this, will you depend on God's help when you face every setback? Will you depend on his, on his help when you face every setback, big and small? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, uh, we come to you asking for help. There's some folks in here that are, they've experienced one of these setbacks. They've experienced two or three of these setbacks. Some of them are going through them right now. I pray that their paradigm shifts and they look at it differently after today. That these setbacks are a stepping stone to where you want to bring us to.
whether it's relational, business, help us to hang on and not to give up. That it will be better. Other people have intended it for bad, and I know they did. And I'm sorry for that. Some folks are mean. But you intend for good, and it's going to happen if we lean and trust on you. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for comebacks. It's in your name we pray. Amen.